Chapter forty four of Miss Marjbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marjbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter forty four. The talk of this evening might not have been considered of any importance to speak of, but for the extraordinary and most unlooked-for event which startled all Carlingford next morning. Nobody could believe that it was true. Dr. Marchbanks's patients waited for him, and declared to their nurses that it was all a made-up story, and that he would come and prove that he was not dead. How could he be dead? He had been as well as he ever was that last evening. He had gone down Grange Lane in the snow to see the poor old lady who was now sobbing in her bed, and saying it was all a mistake, that it was she who ought to have died. But all those protestations were of no avail against the cold and stony facts which had frightened Thomas out of his senses when he went to call the doctor he had died in the night without calling or disturbing anybody he must have felt faint it seemed for he had got up and taken a little brandy the remains of which still stood on the table by his bedside but that was all that anybody could tell about it they brought dr rider of course but all that he could do was to examine the strong still frame old and yet not old enough to be weakly or to explain such sudden extinction which had ceased its human functions and then the news swept over carlingford like a breath of wind though there was no wind even on that silent snowy day to carry the matter dr marchbanks was dead it put the election out of people's heads and even their own affairs for the time being for had he not known all about the greater part of them seen them come into the world and kept them in it and put himself always in the breach when the pale death approached that way he had never made very much boast of his friendliness or been large in sympathetic expressions but yet he had never flinched at any time or deserted his patients for any consideration carlingford was sorry profoundly sorry with that true sorrow which is not so much for the person mourned as for the mourner's self who feels a sense of something lost the people said to themselves whom could they ever find who would know their constitution so well and who was to take care of so-and-so if he had another attack to be sure dr rider was at hand who felt a little agitated about it and was conscious of the wonderful opening and was very ready to answer i am here but a young doctor is different from an old one and a living man all in commonplace health and comfort is not to be compared with a dead one on the morning at least of his sudden ending thank heaven when a life is ended there is always that hour or two remaining to set straight the defective balances and do a hasty late justice to the dead before the wave sweeps on over him and washes out the traces of his steps and lets in the common crowd to make their thoroughfare over the grave it cannot be the doctor mrs chiley said sobbing in her bed or else it has been in mistake for me he was always a healthy man and never had anything the matter with him and a great deal younger than we are you know if anything has happened to him it must have been in mistake for me said the poor old lady and she was so hysterical that they had to send for dr rider and she was thus the first to begin to build the new world on the foundation of the old little as she meant it 
but for the moment everything was paralyzed in grange lane and canvassing came to a standstill and nothing was discussed by dr marjoribanks how he was dead though nobody could or would believe it and how lucilla would be left and who her trustees were and how the place could ever get used to the want of him or would ever look like itself again without his familiar presence it was by way of relieving their minds from the horror of the idea that the good people rushed into consultations what lucilla would do it took their minds a little off the ghastly imagination of that dark room with the snow on the window and the late moonlight trying to get into the darkness and the white rigid face inside as he was said to have been found it could not but make a terrible change to her indeed through her it could not but make a great change to everybody the doctor's house would of course be shut up which had been the most hospitable house in carlingford and things would drop into the unsatisfactory state they used to be in before miss marjoribanks's time and there would no longer be anybody to organize society such were the ideas the ladies of grange lane relapsed into by way of delivering themselves from the pain of their first realization of what had happened it would make a great change even the election and its anticipated joys could not but change character in some respects at least and there would be nobody to make the best of them and then the question was what would lucilla do would she have the strength to make an effort as some people suggested or would she feel not only her grief but her downfall and that she was now only a single woman and sink into a private life as some others were inclined to believe inside the house naturally the state of affairs was sad enough lucilla notwithstanding the many other things she had had to occupy her mind was fond of her father and the shock overwhelmed her for the moment though she was not the kind of woman to torture herself with thinking of things that she might have done still at the first moment the idea that she ought not to have left him alone that she should have sat up and watched or taken some extraordinary unusual precaution was not to be driven away from her mind the reign of reason was eclipsed in her as it often is in such an emergency she said it was her fault in the first horror when i saw how he was looking and how he was talking i should never have left him said lucilla which indeed was a very natural thing to say but would have been an utterly impossible one to carry out as she saw when she came to think of it but she could not think of it just then she did not think at all that first long snowy troubled day but went about the house on the bedroom floor wringing her hands like a creature distracted if i had only sat up she said and then she would recall the touch of his hand on her shoulder which she seemed still to be feeling and cry out like all the rest of the world that it could not be true but to be sure that was a state of feeling that could not last long there are events for which something higher than accident must be held accountable were one ever so ready to take the burden of affairs on one's own shoulders and lucilla knew when she came to herself that if she had watched ever so long or so closely that could have had no effect upon the matter after a while the bewildering sense of her own changed position began to come upon her and roused her up into that feverish and unnatural activity of thought which in some minds is the inevitable reaction after the unaccustomed curb and shock of grief when she had got used to that dreadful certainty about her father and had suddenly come with a leap 
to the knowledge that she was not to blame and could not help it and that though he was gone she remained it is no censure upon lucilla to say that her head became immediately full of a horror and confusion of thoughts an involuntary stir and bustle of plans and projects which she did all she could to put down but which would return and overwhelm her whether she chose it or not she could not help asking herself what her new position was thinking it over so strangely free and new and unlimited as it seemed and it must be recollected that miss marjoribanks was a woman of very active mind and great energies too old to take up a girl's fancy that all was over because she had encountered a natural grief on her passage and too young not to see a long future still before her she kept her room as was to be expected and saw nobody and only moved the household and superintended the arrangements in a muffled way through thomas who was an old servant and knew the ways of the house but notwithstanding her seclusion and her honest sorrow and her perfect observance of all the ordinary restraints of the moment it would be wrong to omit all mention of this feverish bustle of thinking which came into lucilla's mind in her solitude of all that she had to bear it was the thing that vexed and irritated and distressed her the most as if she said to herself indignantly she ought to have been able to think of anything and the chances are that lucilla for sheer duty's sake would have said if anybody had asked that of course she had not thought of anything as yet without being aware that the mere shock and horror and profound commotion had a great deal more to do than anything else in producing that fluttering crowd of busy vexatious speculations which had come without any will of hers into her heart it looked a dreadful change in one way as she looked at it without wishing to look at it in the solitude of her own room where the blinds were all down and the snow sometimes came with a little thump against the window and where it was so dark that it was a comfort when night came and the lamp could be lighted so far as carlingford was concerned it would be almost as bad for miss marjoribanks as if she were her father's widow instead of his daughter to keep up a position of social importance in a single woman's house unless as she had herself lightly said so short a time since she were awfully rich would be next to impossible all that gave importance to the centre of society the hospitable table the open house had come to an end with the doctor things could no more be as they had once been in that respect at least she might stay in the house and keep up to the furthest extent possible to her its old traditions but even to the utmost limit to which lucilla could think it right to go it could never be the same this consciousness kept gleaming upon her as she sat in the dull daylight behind the closed blinds with articles of mourning piled about everywhere and the grey dimness getting into her very eyes and her mind distressed by the consciousness that she ought to have been unable to think and the sadness of the prospect altogether was enough to stir up a reaction in spite of herself in miss marchbank's mind and on the other side she would no doubt be very well off and could go wherever she liked and had no limit except what was right and proper and becoming to what she might please to do she might go abroad if she liked which perhaps is the first idea of a modern english mind when anything happens to it and settle wherever she pleased and arrange her mode of existence as seemed good in her own eyes she would be an heiress in a moderate way and aunt jemima was by this time absolutely at her disposal and could be taken anywhere and at lucilla's age it was quite impossible to predict what might not happen to a woman in such a position 
when these fairer possibilities gleamed into lucilla's mind it would be difficult to describe the anger and self-disgust with which she reproached herself for perhaps it was the first time that she had consciously failed in maintaining a state of mind becoming the occasion and though nobody but herself knew of it the pain of the accusation was acute and bitter but how could miss marchbanks help it the mind travels so much quicker than anything else and goes so far and makes its expeditions in such subtle stealthy ways she might begin by thinking of her dear papa and yet before she could dry her eyes might be off in the midst of one of these bewildering speculations for everything was certain now so far as he was concerned and everything was so uncertain and full of such unknown issues for herself thus the dark days before the funeral passed by and everybody was very kind dr marjbanks was one of the props of the place and all carlingford bestirred itself to do him the final honours and all her friends conspired how to save lucilla from all possible trouble and help her over the trial and to see how much he was respected was the greatest of all possible comforts to her as she said thus it was that among the changes that everybody looked for there occurred all at once this change which was entirely unexpected and put everything else out of mind for the moment for to tell the truth dr marchbanks was one of the men who according to external appearance need never have died there was nothing about him that wanted to be set right no sort of loss or failure or misunderstanding so far as anybody could see an existence in which he could have his friends to dinner every week and a good house and good wine and a very good table and nothing particular to put him out of his way seemed in fact the very ideal of the best life for the doctor there was nothing in him that seemed to demand anything better and it was confusing to try to follow him into that which no doubt must be in all its fundamentals a very different kind of world he was a just man and a good man in his way and had been kind to many people in his lifetime but still he did not seem to have that need of another rectifying completer existence which most men have there seemed no reason why he should die a man so well contented with this lower region in which many of us fare badly and where so few of us are contented this was a fact which exercised a very confusing influence even when they themselves were not aware of it on many people's minds it was hard to think of him under any other circumstances or identify him with angels and spirits which feeling on the whole made the regret for him a more poignant sort of regret and they buried him with the greatest signs of respect people from twenty miles off sent their carriages and all the george street people shut their shops and there was very little business done all day mr cavendish and mr ashburton walked side by side at the funeral which was an affecting sight to see and if anything more could have been done to show their respect which was not done the corporation of carlingford would have been sorry for it and the snow still lay deep in all the corners though it had been trampled down all about the doctor's house where the lamp was not lighted now of nights for what was the use of lighting the lamp which was a kind of lighthouse in its way and meant to point out succour and safety for the neighbours when the physician himself was lying beyond all hope of succour or aid and all the grange lane people retired in a sympathetic awe-stricken way and decided or at least the ladies did to see lucilla next day if she was able to see them and to find out whether she was going to make an effort or what she meant to do 
and mrs chiley was so much better that she was able to be up a little in the evening though she scarcely could forgive herself and still could not help thinking that it was she who had really been sent for and that the doctor had been taken in mistake and as for lucilla she sat in her room and cried and thought of her father's hand upon her shoulder that last unusual caress which was more touching to think of than a world of words he had been fond of her and proud of her and at the last moment he had showed it and by times she seemed to feel again that lingering touch and cried as if her heart would break and yet for all that she could not keep her thoughts steady nor prevent them from wandering to all kinds of profane out-of-door matters and to considerations of the future and estimates of her own position it wounded her sadly to feel herself in such an inappropriate state of mind but she could not help it and then the want of natural light and air oppressed her sorely and she longed for the evening which felt a little more natural and thought that at last she might have a long talk with aunt jemima who was a kind of refuge in her present loneliness and gave her a means of escape at the same time from all this bustle and commotion of unbecoming thoughts this was enough surely for any one to have to encounter at one time but that very night another rumour began to murmur through carlingford a rumour more bewildering more incredible still than that of the doctor's death which the town had been obliged to confirm and acknowledge and put its seal to when the thing was first mentioned everybody who could find it in their heart to laugh laughed loud in the face of the first narrator with mingled scepticism and indignation they asked him what he meant by it and ridiculed and scoffed at him to his face lucilla will be the richest woman in grange lane people said everybody in carlingford knows that but after this statement had been made the town began to listen it was obliged to listen for other witnesses came in to confirm the story it never might have been found out while the doctor lived for he had a great practice and made a great deal of money but now that he was dead nothing could be hid he was dead and he had made an elaborate will which was all as just and righteous as a will could be but after the will was read it was found out that everything named in it had disappeared like a bubble instead of being the richest dr marjoribanks was one of the poorest men in carlingford when he shut his door behind him on that snowy night it was a revelation which took the town perfectly by storm and startled everybody out of their senses lucilla's plans which she thought so wicked went out all of a sudden in a certain dull amaze and dismay to which no words could give any expression such was the second inconceivable reverse of fortune which happened to miss marjoribanks more unexpected more incomprehensible still than the other in the very midst of her most important activities and hopes End of chapter forty four recording by Maricel Quee